0: Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Foof ends April 3rd, 2023. Void or prohibited. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito Laysnacket.espnation.com.
1: I'll start off by saying I'm bored, I'm broke, and I'm back. <laughs> You know, Gumby, um, I'm gonna tell you. You may not have known or heard or even conceptualized this, but the Washington Football Team is undefeated since the cult of Colts has been launched. And listen, I don't want to be the guy to like take credit. I don't want to pat myself on the back. Like, you know, we worked hard on Sunday, but like, it's kind of hard not to put two and two together and, and get four. Uh,
0: zero people in the Washington region thought the Washington football club was going to win on Saturday Sunday. Um, They, no one thought, especially against the Eagles who were ranked so high in everyone's preseason polls and definitely going to win the NFC East. Uh, And all of a sudden we walk in the door and we go down by 17. It was over. It was done. People closed the doors. They, they walked out. They, uh, I started to build a fence and was listening to it on the radio because I said, here we go again. But? And all of a sudden, the Cult of Cult caused such a big uproar in the community
1: yeah. that the team yeah, found themselves together. They rallied uh, They rallied behind us. And um, and so with that said, we're back. It's episode two. Welcome to Cult of Cult. Uh, it's Brian Stabby from Hogshaven. And we got... Uh, Gumby, we just going Gumby. Like, are we telling people we're going who Gumby you are? right now? Just going yeah. Gumby. Um, we're back for another week, and I'll, I'll be honest. I was one of those people who did not think we were going to be going into our second episode off of victory. Um, Never. But honestly, listen. You you can throw the what ifs like oh, but you know asterisk they weren't healthy yada yada, but. Honestly, that is as good a performance as I can recall in maybe the last 3 or 4 seasons where yeah, sure, when they went down 17, you feel like, oh, well, kind of here we go again. But the way that they came out in that second half, I, I I'm they, they've kind of got something here. And maybe it is a one-week thing, a weird off-season, but what was the one thing we felt really, really good about last week? it was the defensive line the defensive line. line and oh my goodness were they incredible it,
0: they were uh, it was a wall and and, and it kind of as you just said the we all had that feeling here we go again yeah but one thing we haven't had is that comeback sure. that comeback hasn't been around in so long i guess rg3 era maybe one good kurt moment uh, of cousins but other than that we have been dealt with this this pile and every time we go down by 17 it's over it's over but it wasn't they go in at half uh Ron Rivera gets his his cancer treatment and Haskins has a huge halftime speech and everything changed
1: yeah yeah they they just put it all together um it's pretty remarkable so i mean well yeah we'll, we'll just dive right into it. actually let's Let's pump the brakes. We, we got a lot of excitement here. Understand, a lot, a lot. Under, understand. It's been a the good week. week. It has been a good week. Uh, I think one of the things that I'm clearly we're all in. We're in quarantine. Hopefully, if you're listening, you're practicing safe social distance. Wear your friggin' masks, you animals. Um, but I think one <laughs> of the seminal parts of being at home, even when you're on Zoom, if not particularly on Zoom, is to talk a little bit about. Uh, what kind of cocktails? What kind of adult beverages uh, you're sipping on? So I'm going to ask you, what what you sipping on tonight on this uh, what, victory Wednesday? What am I, drinking? What, what am I yeah. sipping on? What are you sipping on? Uh,
0: most of the time, uh, you'll hear me drink. I'll be in the, the bourbon range. Sure, but it got cold this week, and it did, and yeah. with and and with that coldness comes my my inner, um, inner harvest. My inner my inner October. I love Halloween, so today. I'm sipping on some Sam Adams Oktoberfest. I'm a basic bitch, and I love it.
1: A little bit. At least it's not like a a pumpkin truly, or like a pumpkin spice <laughs> seltzer. Well, do they make those? <laughs> God, I, should, I shouldn't have said anything. For those of you unfamiliar, uh, no one on this planet likes Halloween more than Gumby likes Halloween. Uh, absolutely. You are a it. Halloweenophile, if I've ever, and like have been for years. Um, oh,
0: yeah. No, absolutely. And, and – and, Again, through October, we'll talk a little more about that, but let's get back into something a little more important.
1: Yeah. What you drinking? I'm sipping on, so I, uh, this week, we're going to keep this episode a little bit tighter. No, know we went an hour last week. We we're planning on it, but one thing led to another. Um, Got to go. So I'm, I'm at the beach, uh, and we're in, in Dewey, and one of the great... Delaware-based breweries is actually, uh, they have a couple of different locations, one of which was actually on my college campus, Iron Hill. What? Iron Hill Brewery. Oh. Uh, Fantastic pizza, fantastic beer. Uh, They have a little bit of a slant towards this region, Uh, and I am drinking the Philly Special, which is a, a really lovely... IPA it's actually they made it under one of their house beers they named it after the the play in the Super Bowl if you can't imagine everyone in Pennsylvania was completely insufferable after the friggin eagles won the Super Bowl but (laughs) a good beer came out of it so I will highly endorse you'll see this on my Untapped. we're both pretty pretty robust untapped pretty
0: untapped now now, uh I can actually see you because we're doing this via zoom but even as an IPA it looks a little light how does
1: it taste uh, it's got some good, nice hop characteristics. A little bit of sweetness to it. Um, not too soft. Uh, certainly not as soft as the Eagles offensive line was this last week. Oh, good burn. Listen, I, having Ooh. anyone who's who's met me, who's seen my writing, who's been on, listened to one of these before, they know that I have a special place in my heart for really tearing down the Eagles and Eagles fans when I get the oh, opportunity yeah. to because for the f- six years that I lived in Pennsylvania, it was a lot of like, oh, we got it. Like I got up there right when they were guaranteed to win the Super Bowl with like Michael Vick and Vince Young. And like it didn't work out. I lived there basically up until the point that they won the Super Bowl. So actually I moved back to the area to like the D.C. area when they did move to the Super Bowl, which was just uh, I can't believe I had to root for the friggin' Patriots, but I hate the Eagles that much.
0: It it was bad. Well, again, you know, you have the link uh, up there in Philly, and it's beautiful. It is beautiful, but then you go into the parking lot, and it smells like urine and beer everywhere. Yes. And people are passed out, and and you go to this beautiful park, and then you look over, and you see the Eagles fans. You're like, this is why I don't come here. Yeah. This is why this beautiful,
1: beautiful stadium's
0: here, but I can't be here with you. You guys aren't really, you're fans, but you're also. You threw batteries at Santa Claus.
1: Yeah, and they love being like, well, only a couple of people threw batteries at Santa Claus. And it's like, okay, but how many people is, like, too many people to have thrown batteries at Santa Claus? I would say one is too many. That's that's too many. Yeah. You know? And, And
0: again, they're like, oh, not that many people did it. Well, in all the other stadiums in the rest of the world, zero people have thrown batteries at Santa
1: Claus. Sure. And listen, so I'm going to take this, even if this is all we get this year, I'm going to, I'm going to take this, feel good about it. Let's, I, mean, I, I, I think feel good. I think back to last year, you know, the, the opening week of the season, you know, they, they played Philadelphia and they, the, the, the script was flipped a little bit. They were up at halftime. Mm-hmm. Washington was up at halftime and then Absolutely. Th- fell apart in the second half. And that one actually felt a little bit more inevitable this to me i you sort of you nailed it this this felt a, like a surprise uh and yep. just the way that they came out and so completely dominated in the second half really on the back of that front four that we talked about last week um you know eight sacks 10 tackles for loss they 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 made contact they put hits on carson wentz 14 times over the course of that game. It was incredible. Watching it
0: and then, of course, you know, and, and listening to it all, you're, you're sitting there and th- when we went in, what were they going to do with Kerrigan? What were they going to do with Sweat? What were they going to do with with Chase? And you're the whole time I thought Kerrigan would be the odd man out pretty because he's the old guy. Yeah. They just kept swicking people in and out and it kept fresh bodies in there. Sure. And everybody got a chance to lose their minds in the second half. And you're right. Boy did they. Holy excuse my language. Shit was that awesome. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I know. Ooh, blank me off that one. Yeah, holy ooh, shit. I, holy, I shit. Too far. holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> but it, you're right. And all of a sudden you just you again, if <laughs> even if this season is not a success or a high record, they showed life today. Or, or, or this week, and that sure. life is is you you can build off of that. You can build off that feeling, and that is what a team is made of. You got Riverboat Ron and Del Rio all putting it together. Just and and you love to see that. And then, and I don't want to take away from the offense, um, but the defense was just so damn good when they had to be.
1: Yeah, and I mean that was clearly the the big takeaway, and. Ryan Kerrigan named NFC Defensive Player of the Week, which, when's the last time we were talking about a positional player of the week that wasn't, like, Tress Way because he punted better than everybody else could punt? Who did punt really well. He did punt well. He, is, he I is, love Tress
0: Way. He is the
1: MVP of this team. I mean, he's the best player the team.
0: I want <laughs> him on this podcast because that, that's the person I want to hang out with.
1: Oh, Sorry, we'll, he just seems amazing. We'll hang out with T-Ray with, with <laughs> at some point. But, but yeah, I mean... Seeing the way that they got after it, and listen, we're clearly here because we're fans, and we'll acknowledge sure. when there's like things that are good, things that are bad. For the Eagles, two of their offensive linemen were supposed to be their starting offensive linemen. They had a starting running back out. They ended up having to start Boston Scott. He gets hurt. Corey Clement comes in. I mean, they were only able to run the ball 17 times. That includes a Carson Wentz run. But that's because yeah. they they just had defenders in their lap all day. They could all not day. set the line of scrimmage. And it was coming... The problem was for for the Eagles, as I saw it, they couldn't just try to shift one way. They couldn't have the running back just go after one guy, you know, from from a blocking assist perspective. Because... Between like Allen and Sweat and Matt Ioannidis, who ended up with a sack and yeah. a half. Chase Young was in the backfield; he had a second, a sack and a half in his uh, debut. Um, I mean, Sean Dion Hamilton was in the backfield. Uh, just like I mean, Ryan Anderson was creating pressure. It just it came from all angles, and that makes it so hard. And at a certain point, and I know, one of the things I noticed, and I'm curious what your thought is on this, but I th- Carson Wentz does a weird thing where he ducks anytime he feels like pressure's coming and it sort of seems like the type of thing that like Michael Vick would have done and then been able to like get out of it and like Absolutely. free to play but it every single time it was like he just curled up into a ball and I'm like does that work for you
0: like well, he, you know? for years for the years of has done that uh, he's he's done a good job of being Houdini and getting out yeah. the thing is is that he got hit so much in this game he started actually like wincing up earlier than he normally does. Normally he doesn't talk and, and throw, and he got so you know, shy, uh, trigger shy, that, that he just kept popping in. And then one of the smartest plays of the entire game that I loved, and it was a Kerrigan play, where mm-hmm. Kerrigan goes running after Wentz, realizes that there's going to be a screen, stops, and goes back. And here's Wentz halfway through a throw, realizing he can't do it. So now he's, you know, all the natural progressions you have in your head. Now, not only is he wincing, but he's going to get sacked. He also now has to actually think about each play rather than the normal progression your head does in football. Yeah. And that gets into you, and it's hard to shake. And watching that play with Kerrigan going back, and you go, this is a, a, a monumental shift change during the game.
1: Yeah, the little things. And we're like football knowers as much as like anyone is a, is a football knower. But like when I'm out here saying like, oh, that's a veteran move by Ryan Kerrigan. Like I'm not trying to say it like Chris Collinsworth says it, but like you see it and you're just like, <laughs> okay, like he clearly used his brain there in a good way yep. that like resulted in a good end product. But yeah, Kerrigan certainly earned uh, earned that. I, he was the, that award this week. He was just so fantastic, I, and I'm really, proud. I'm, I'm happy, I'm proud. He, um, I think, is going to come out of this. I think we're you know we're talking about it's like new new era, whatever. But I think this sort of like generation of players as the most beloved one, just like yeah. as a guy who's a team guy, um, and has and gone again, like he's gone largely, I think, underappreciated in like the league perspective because you know i think we love him because he's kind of like an iron man like he sort of has like those Cal ripken type vibes like he's just <laughs> out there every week but he's yeah he's he's kind of like a a, a lunch pail type player who just goes out and gets the job done for you
0: and he does and, and you look at it and i said uh in, in last week's podcast that you know he, he was gonna be traded yeah. and i might be eating that i might be eating that crow but let's get past that like we know how good the defense was we know how good they came together let's talk about the other side of the ball Let's talk about Haskins to start. Yeah. Haskins, Haskins did something this week that – go ahead. No, well, I was going to say, what do, you, what do you
1: grade him? Like what's your – you're a teacher in this circumstance. Like what's your letter grade for, for Dwayne Haskins? He did
0: high C, low B work. Mm-hmm. And when I say that, people are going to go, oh, what are you talking about? He did great. He literally did exactly what he had to do. He didn't turn over the ball, and he managed it. And that's all he needed to do. Um, And and so I would give him that low B, high C. A work, of course, is you know you know four touchdowns for 500 yards. But of course, you get the four interception games, and that's just a complete failure. He was right in the middle. He was just he was serviceable. He was learning and coming from his sophomore his first game of sophomore year. He did a great job. He did exactly what he had to do to make the game playable, and he was a leader.
1: Yeah, I'd yeah. love to see it. I mean, we we kept on hearing, like, within the post game stuff. It's like, oh, Haskins, yeah, Haskins gave that speech. Like, you know, yeah. Ron Rivera getting cancer treatment, like an IV. It's like, oh my god, that it's bleak. Like, that shouldn't be going on. Period. But agreed. And, you know, maybe maybe it is some of the PR people like trying to pump him up because I think that there are still some people who are tepid on him. I would say I'm not like an anti-Haskins guy. But right now, I mean, okay, so he was 17-31 to 31 for 178, a touchdown, no interceptions, and took three sacks. I mean, his quarterback rating was like, like 82 and a half. Okay. Right now for him – you i think when you when you think about giving him a grade you have to grade on a curve because the for him what you want to see at this point in his second season in the first game is for him to do enough to not lose a game you want to see him manage the game by the end of i would say by the middle of this season the hope is he progresses enough that you can look to him to win a game for you as opposed to not lose a game And it's going to be tough because, I mean, we we sort of sang Terry McLaurin's praises in last week, and I think everyone knows, like, he's going to be the guy. He still was the leading receiver, five catches for 61 yards. But, like, there aren't a ton of other pieces. So I'm still hopeful that someone else develops and is able to, like, give him a weapon that's not Terry McLaurin. But at a certain point, like, not losing – you can't rely on your. You can't rely on your defense to get you eight sacks and all those turnovers. You can't. You can't expect it. It's not going to happen every week. So for now, it's fine. But later down the line, and not that not that far from now, it's not going to be okay. But but Haskins in this game,
0: and then looking at last year and this game, our our little booklet that we can stare at, he did some stuff at this game that I was impressed by. He was throwing the ball away when needed. That's good. Yeah. He wasn't. He he. You know, he moved out. But when he knew there was no one to throw and nowhere to run, he wasn't trying to make a play happen that shouldn't happen. Sure. He turned around, tossed the ball out. Like, let's get. Come on, guys. Let's regroup. Let's get back together. That that wanting to keep the play going too long is how you get injured and how you lose games. Right. He didn't do that. He managed it well, and that just shows you. You know, we heard a lot of stuff last year from good to bad about Haskins, but it shows you just how much he has progressed as a player and that he's getting it. He's getting it in his head. And, you know, when, when, when he was drafted, I wasn't sure. Yeah. I'm a little more positive about it now. Yeah.
1: And that's really what we can hope for is just like incremental pieces. And so in looking at the other portion of the offense, I, look, the run game, they this they have like the dreaded running back by committee. Uh, so Antonio Gibson led the way yards wide. I mean, he averaged four yards a carry, but it was nine carries for thirty six yards, including a twenty yarder. So it was really eight carries for sixteen yards, plus a twenty yarder. Um, Peyton Barber took a, a boatload of carries towards the tail end of the game because they just, like, needed to milk the clock, which is yeah. fantastic. Like, I'm not going to complain about that. And then Haskins ended up with seven carries for 17 yards. That may be too many still. Uh, Agreed. And, and then J.D. McKissick, who was supposed to be the starter, he was listed as number one on the depth chart, um, which was enough to fool me into picking him up in fantasy football, neither here nor there. <laughs> uh, he, he ended up with three rushes for negative two yards. So just... I mean, you, you got to make lemonades, make lemonade out of lemons. Uh, and right now, there are a lot of lemons on this offense. It'll be interesting to see if they can follow it up because they're not going to go and make a trade right now that's going to make them instantaneously better. If they had needed to go get a running back and sort of felt like they could do it, they, I mean, Leonard Fournette was available or, earlier this year. They cut... Uh Adrian Peterson loose. I don't know that he necessarily would have made a big difference, but like we are in the system that we're in with the coaches that we have and the players that we have. And they well, just have and, to like figure out how to make it work.
0: The running back situation uh and, and kind of going off of the Peterson and the Fournette, right now we have these young running backs. And the the, the dreaded committee is never great. It's even worse when you have somebody who is yelling about not getting the ball. I want mm-hmm. the ball. I want the ball. With ball. Okay, this is committee, we got this is our plan, but I want the ball. Adrian Peterson is the I want the ball guy. Yeah. Fornette, I want the ball guy. We have three guys who are sitting here saying, "I'd love to have the ball. I'm ready to work, but I'm here to be a team player and learn." All of them want to put it on their back, but they also understand the system. So you don't have this little person just talking the whole time chirping like a little cancer. Right. Ruining
1: things. Yeah. And, and, there's no and that's ego. why Scott Turner's
0: right. It, yeah, no, exactly.
1: No yeah.
0: And Scott Turner is, is holding that. Well, now again, you know, we don't have really have any tight ends. Uh, we have one wide receiver and we have a couple running backs and we have half of a line. Right. This is not the
1: future. No, we're not going to keep Hopefully not. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. And I, so I guess just like two final points here on this last week. Um, one, I, I, you you, uh, you drew some hate this week by saying that Troy Apke was a potential Mason Brennan nominee. He ended up being the most decorated player on the statue. He ended up with uh, eight total tackles, five solo, which led the team. Um, do you have a rebuttal to the haters who said that, who called, you, who called you some names? I mean, we don't have to repeat them here because this is a family podcast. It's really not. It's not a family podcast. <laughs> but uh, I suppose – do you have any thoughts on Troy Apke, Mason Brennan, context or not? So we talked
0: about this last week. And with the – being a sixth-round draft pick or higher being something – we talked about it last week and even said, I guess Abke's out. I actually even said that on the podcast.
1: Yeah. Listen however, to the podcast, you dinguses.
0: Yeah, there, it's an hour and seven minutes of greatness, and you got to just yeah. keep it going. Um, but <laughs> Let's however, not go that far. <laughs> okay, that's true. We, an hour and five minutes of greatness. Two of them was horrible.
1: Okay, yeah. Um,
0: sure. But I had a point. Let's talk about that for real. I had a point. Here's a player. There's a reason they let Davis go, there's a reason that he's playing. And he showed up. Our secondary has been talked about being as suspect. He shows up. He killed it. So even if he's not a Brennan Mason award winner, which he should be, um, he is a player. And that's what you love to see on your defense, a man who wants to get involved. And so to all the haters out there, keep hating. Keep hating.
1: There
0: ain't nothing on my back. Yeah. I'm going to have Apke jersey better of the year. Guarantee that.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. That, that would be a pretty <laughs> classic move for you to end up walking out of here with a Troy Apke jersey. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> so, and then I guess the last thing before we sort of move on to like what's ahead here is you know, we had our predictions going in about sort of win, win-loss expectations. Does this game change how you see the season going forward recognizing full well that this fan base and i will include us in that group tends to be a reactionary bunch uh we do tend to blow things out of proportion from time to time one way or the other absolutely are, are you prepared to blow up your expectations and predictions based on what we saw in week one
0: Absolutely not. No, okay. I said five wins. Now, was I expecting one of them to be against the Eagles? Absolutely not. But do I think that we have a chance of going crazy? No, we're, we're not going to the Super Bowl. I'll just put it right there, out there right now. Now, what I did see was a team that could be there in two to three years, but we have to build off what we have and we have some major gaps we talked we talked about them and our defense still has some issues they couldn't stop the tight ends from 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 Philadelphia so we're not there yet yeah. i still think we're five wins i just think that where we're used to give up almost 27 points a game we're going to give up closer to the 20 to 22 range which is a huge difference and sure. once we get an offense that can be on the field longer we'll be able to get to that 500 to 10 wins and i'll be happy so i don't change i'm not changing it i'm not changing it
1: yet What about you, Stabby? I said three wins. I still think they're only going to win three games. (laughs) And I also did not think that they were going to beat the Eagles. I was unsure whether or not they would win a division game again. And if they did, I was almost certain it would be against the Giants. And we identified the games that were more winnable than others. This game was not on that list. But I, I have been burned before by this team and I'm just not quite ready to say that I I'm also fairly arrogant so I'm not ready to say that I'm wrong so maybe this is more about me than it is about them and we'll we'll just let that uh, be as it was so
0: it's okay they 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 haven't earned that yet sure yeah. again I, I think between the both of us we'd love to both be wrong yeah sure I would love to be wrong I would love to be absolutely. Wrong. But but I don't know that. So, so right before we get off onto the, the the Cardinals, one of the things that was weird to me on on Sunday was that I I went out before the game, and I was getting some stuff done, and I uh, went to Home Depot. And normally on game day, everybody's in in Washington gear. I mean, there's flags, players, everyone's wearing jerseys. There's hats. I saw of all the people I saw out, one guy in a Buffalo Bills hat. That's mm. it. That was that was for all of football. So football as a whole seemed like it it wasn't quite where it needed to be. I think that this win will help the fans feel more like football's back. And that's huge because I want that feeling. I want that fall football feeling back.
1: Yeah. I I think it's going to – having a full week, it's going to start feeling more real. And hopefully guys can stay healthy and, like, we can keep doing this – you know, Fingers crossed. I don't know if it will work. If I had to guess, will it? I'd probably say no. I'd probably say, okay, I will I will make this a two-pronged thing. Do I think that guys will stay healthy and safe? No. Do I yeah. think the league will insist on on forging ahead like hell or high water? Yeah, that's kind of the way that I...
0: <laughs> They're going to row the boat upstream. Oh, my now, gosh. talking about upstream, the San Francisco 49ers, one of the People projected to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. Lost to the Arizona Cardinals.
1: Yeah. Who do I, we play this week? Uh, the, the Arizona Cardinals. Oh. Off, so. off, a, off an upset, a pretty big upset of a team that won the conference. I mean, I, not, I don't think anybody was expecting that. It was not sort of supposed to be what – what happened they had a, such a weird game because kyler murray who i am i'm very interested in sort of following his career b- between having the opportunity to go play baseball you know like a first round draft pick of the oakland is um really spurring baseball it was the smart decision form you can make a whole hell of a lot more money as a first round drift draft pick starting quarterback in the nfl than you can for baseball, and I think there's more fame and whatever. And if he maybe let's say he has a four year career and decides to go play baseball, whatever, so be it. Well, he and
0: then he, his contract had a lot of guaranteed
1: money, which it is did. the big deal. So he he led the team obviously in passing. He was 26 of 40 with a touchdown and a pick, 230 yards. He also led the team with 13 carries for 91 yards, a rushing touchdown, led the team in rushing last week. So I oh, think wow. it's going to be kind of a uh, like a unstoppable force versus immovable object in terms of strength versus strength kyler murray clearly like have the ability to get it done against what is a very good defense in the 49ers then thinking about how this washington defensive unit played last week the the i think the secondary is going to be tested more than they were against the eagles because deandre hopkins finished with 14 catches for 151 yards not to mention the fact that they have Larry Fitzgerald, who, like, you can't, you can't just focus on one guy in the same way. And even, like, Christian Kirk, who is, like, not much of anything on the statute, he has separation speed where there's just no... I mean, you have to shade Hopkins because he's so talented, but there are other guys who can make you pay. Um, in that receiving unit is very much the opposite of, of the Washington receiving unit because they have a lot of different guys who can get the job done, whereas Washington, so far, it seems like does not.
0: Fitzgerald's 1,000 years old, and has been in this league, I think, longer than it's been around. There was a 100th anniversary of the football, and it was uh, Fitzgerald's 99th anniversary. <laughs> yeah. But he's smart. He can yeah. run a route. He can catch a ball like nobody else. Like, he is a freak. However, th- you said it. The problem the Washington team is going to have is secondary, but I think it's a little different than, than not just also watching out on the sides for the, for the receivers with Murray running. He's not going to be able to go down the middle. Yeah, our our sure. defensive line is going to be stacked. So a lot of the, the plays are going to be made by the linebackers coming off the sides and the cornerbacks coming down. And if Arizona's smart, they're going to do some fakes on those sides and then hit receivers and that's gonna torch us.
1: Yeah, and I think we identified that one of the weaknesses on defense. You know, the the front four is really strong, but there are still some question marks at the linebacking core. And this is a game where you, your if your linebacking core can't play, they're going to be exposed. Now, John Bostic had a really good game. He was the second leading Absolutely. tackler this past weekend, but. I uh, They didn't have to do so much because the guys in front of them did so much. And so if, like you say, that first wave comes through and Murray's able to break the pocket, you're going to have to rely on your linebackers to make a play. And I still, like the jury's out on them. So it'll be really interesting to see if they're able to rise to the occasion here. Uh, I'm looking forward to it.
0: Me too. So, So looking at Arizona ahead, prediction.
1: Prediction. Yeah.
0: Let me hear your Arizona prediction for this week.
1: My prediction. I'm gonna say. Twenty four seventeen Arizona. You're not gonna hear me predicting that Washington's gonna win a lot of games this year. But sure,
0: that... I'm surprised with the twenty four seventeen. I thought it was gonna be a little further down on the uh, on the Washington team. So I'm looking at it where. I think our offense is going to be a little more exposed this this week. Sure. And I think our defense is gonna be worked a little harder. So I'm gonna guess it's gonna be like a fourteen to twenty eight loss from the Washington team.
1: Okay. All right. Well we'll we'll see uh, how that goes. I'm I'm looking forward to it. I think Arizona's like interesting in a way that they have not been in years past. So I'm like oh, e- eager to watch the Arizona Cardinals play football, which is not a sentence I, I've, heard, I think I've said a long time.
0: Where Arizona is now, we can be there in two years. Uh, I could see it. I could see it. Yeah. yeah. With the right moves, I think we'd be there. Even not better, but that's just kind of that breakdown. Yeah. So my, my thought is two years, we could be kind of where they are in that 10 11 win area potentially potentially
1: sure um okay well i think we should do uh, you know like this is a new we called it a project last week this is still a project <laughs> cult um, of cults the cult of cults. Thank you all for listening. We are very grateful that you're listening. We know your time is valuable, and the ours is. It's ours. not. Yeah, the fact that you're spending your time listening to this is like kind of galling to me. But <laughs> listen, I'm not going to tell you how to live your life. So, uh, I think we'll we'll try and as we build this out, we'll, we'll build out. I think good podcasts have like segments, and we'll we'll try. I think and you're right. Uh, so I, I, as we established last week we love remembering guys we just love it i love it you love it i think most people love it like i there have been Absolutely. times on hog's haven where i just want to like crib from old deadspin and just like do an article with just like a list of of former players and i'm sure it would be our highest engaged post of the day because people just love doing it uh so i feel like we should take a little bit of time and maybe we'll do this every week. Maybe we'll do it every couple weeks. You know, maybe we'll do it when we can't think of anything else good to say. Uh, and we can just remember remember a former player or coach or member of the franchise. Uh, I also think this is important because there are a lot of people who feel rightly or wrongly that the direction that the team is going with, like the name change and sort of these wholesale changes, that there is a jettisoning of of history and what the team was and, and, the, and the one that they grew up with but I mean that's not the case um just because things are different does not mean that like everything you ever liked is out the window so I think we should you know take a few minutes every every couple weeks just to sort of reinforce the idea that uh the the team's history still lives on despite the changes and um we we can sort of talk about some some guys. What, what do you think about that?
0: Absolutely. Well, a well, couple things to start. A, there's almost 90 years of history here. Yeah. 90. Yeah. Um, the name being changed doesn't erase the history of, of what we have watched and grown up with our whole lives. So let's just get at that. Now the second thing is, I, I'm going to throw some caveats onto this little thing. Do it. It can't be somebody whose jersey you can buy in the store. Like today? Like pretty much ever. Let's say, you know, somebody – it has to be somebody, and this is how my, my brothers and I get together. We say, we're going to get a jersey. Like, we're going to buy a jersey of somebody from back in the day. It has to be somebody. You can't buy the jersey unless
1: you get it made. Okay, so we're not not—we're not going to be talking about Daryl Green, and we're not going to yep. be talking about John Riggins, and we're not going to be talking about Joe Theismann. Like, we gotta, like we're going to – this is a deep cuts. This is like a Absolutely. Deep, deep track. Okay. Let's let's dig deep.
0: Now now I have a player. I know a player. And it's a player that I I like it's to my heart. Um Tell me. My brother and I it, well, the player yeah. is number 27. Yeah. From the 1992 Super Bowl winning Washington Redskins safety Mr. Brad Edwards.
1: Brad Edwards. I know that you have a Brad Edwards jersey and every time we've ever been to fedex or some (laughs) team related thing there are equal parts people who have no idea who that is (laughs) and then also there are people who lose their damn minds because they're like oh my god you have a brad edwards jersey and i'm pretty sure the guy you bought it because you wanted people to come up to you to talk to you about the brad edwards jersey
0: he here's a guy who in was a headhunter he hit with his head. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He had a mullet. He came across the middle and he took you out. He was a football player. Now, of course, right after he was, you know, in the end of his career, they they banned the head hunting cuz it's horrible for the players, but it was great to watch. And in a drunken evening with my brother deciding what jerseys to get, my brother came up with his, I came up with mine after much research and a lot of alcohol, and it came to the to Brad Edwards. I mean this is a massive player of of me growing up watching him do these things. And also super unsung hero. And that that's my let's remember that player. Now even funnier, I think you know this, he's now the athletic director at George Mason. Yeah, George
1: Mason stayed local or like he came back local. So I'm I'm we'll we'll do the back of the football card slash Wikipedia version of Brad Edwards. So he um, was drafted in the second round by the Vikings in 88, played there for two years, went to Washington, won the Super Bowl. He was there from 90 to 93, then went to the Falcons, 94 to 96, and then finished off his career uh, in the Packers organization, though I don't know he ever actually took the field, and then went into athletics as an administrator at South Carolina Newberry College, he was their AD. Jacksonville, he was the AD for two years, and he's been the athletic director at George Mason since 2014. So, sort of local ties there. Kind of, kind of a funny and and cool thing that Brad Edwards, uh, who, yeah, we'll talk like unsung heroes, underappreciated heroes. A guy who has a a championship ring and was instrument any. Any player who has a championship ring is instrumental in having won a championship, regardless of whether or not they were the 53rd man on the roster. They, if they weren't contributing to the culture, to the to something on the team, and he, I mean, he was a starter. He was a very productive player. Absolutely. Um,
0: if you got to put the helmet on, you played for that team, whether it be practice squad or you're right, the 53rd man who all he did was take an ass whipping for the entire year. If anybody earned that ring. It's that guy.
1: Do you have any particular fond memories of Brad Edwards other than the Super Bowl? Any fun Brad Edwards moments that sort of come to mind? I mean, clearly you made the decision to buy his jersey when you were drunk. Absolutely. So uh, there had to be something down in there that, well, that really so got So what there.
0: he was, again, what he was really good at and what the, the, the memories are is that he would come across and he had a, a very awkward tackling style and most of it was using the crown of his head and sometimes his arm, and he was really good at hitting the ball either with the, the, the square of his head or the side of his arm, and he would just cause a bunch of fumbles. And, and those are some of, you know, it's 1992, I'm a freshman in high school, and I'm playing football. High school football as a safety. And I would watch that, and of course, the the first time I tried to hit like that, I couldn't have been yelled at more. <laughs> yeah. And it was like, you are not going to survive tomorrow if you do that. And I was like, but the Redskins do and then they were like, "No, no, no. This is how you do it." But that's my memory is trying to emulate him on a field. And then being told I was horribly wrong for doing what an NFL player was. Yes, doing. but
1: I saw Brad Edwards do it. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> And they went, "Who?" And I went, "Uh, nah, you'll find out later." Yeah. Okay. It'll be that, okay. Yeah.
1: All right, I think that's a fantastic way to uh to kick off this this little series and i think that's probably a uh, a fantastic way to, to close things out for the evening um I, I have more vacation things to get back to we're both very busy men with very important things going on neither of those things very are important
0: lives yeah
1: um all right i'm very excited for this week hopefully they're able to continue some of the mo- momentum that they picked up from last week i'm riding a high i'm gonna ride it until kickoff on Sunday, and then sort of let the moment be, and we'll see where we are a week from now.
0: H-T-T-T?
1: H-T-T-W-F-T.
0: Well, I don't know. Hail I, to the team?
1: I think everything. Everyone's still trying to figure this all out. Uh, we'll figure it out as well. And
0: uh, Next time we, we need to talk about the helmets. Let's have a whole conversation about the helmets.
1: Yeah, we'll, 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 we got helmet talk I, I wanted to talk about the the red the 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 radio crew. We'll talk about that next week because I'm yeah. We'll I'm get to curious. Uh, And so lots of good things to come. Um, thanks for taking the time out to chat. Man, go get this beach below your feet and enjoy a drink in your hand. I will. Oh well, for uh, for Gumby. This is Brian, and you've been listening to the Cult of Cult.